Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Food Biz Whiz. I am really excited for today's show where I'm going to do some on-air coaching with my retail-ready student, Emily Griffith of Lil Bucks. After discovering the potential of an underutilized superfood while living in Australia, Emily founded Lil Bucks, the buckwheat company with a mission to offer innovative buckwheat snack and breakfast products while promoting a more nutritious diet and soil health in North America. What a mission. So in today's show, Emily and I are chatting about shifting categories in retail, brainstorming creative ways to drive trial during COVID, and talking through retail marketing strategies to help boost sales this year. Let's get right into it. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Ali Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. This episode is brought to you by Retail Ready, my online course for producers of packaged product who are looking to grow their wholesale accounts. Retail Ready is opening for enrollment very soon. Through videos, workbooks, checklists, templates, live coaching calls with me, and daily access to me and my team in our private online group, Retail Ready has all the tools that you need to increase your sales through wholesale accounts, whether that's in traditional brick and mortar outlets or through e-commerce platforms. The first step to find out more about Retail Ready is to join my free masterclass on the three steps to growing your packaged food business, which I'll link to here in today's show notes. That hour-long webinar is jam-packed with advice that you can use to kickstart your growth right now, plus information on Retail Ready, on my past clients, and how we can work together. Sign up via the link in my show notes, and I will see you there. Hi, Emily. I'm excited to have you on Food Biz Wiz today. Thank you. I'm so excited. I've been listening to the podcast from the start, and I've even listened to, like, probably over a year ago, listen to other brands get coached on here. So this is so cool that we're doing this. I'm, I'm stoked. So my whiz is let's, let's get right into it. I already told you a little bit about Emily in the intro. And I gotta say, if, if you listen to episode number 54, recent episode 54 with Nikki Nardic of NAC PR, you probably heard the two of us gushing about both working with Emily and how awesome she is. Emily, um, have you listened to that episode yet? I haven't listened yet, but okay, I'm it so came out excited because I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm such a big fan of both of you and you've both helped me and the brand so much. So it's like the perfect combo. Well, I think sure it's going to be, it's amazing. a good one. Like I said, it's, well, it's only been live for about 24 hours. So I'll give you a pass on being a busy food entrepreneur, not listening yet, but, um, I'll link that episode in the show notes. Cause it's a, it's a really good one. Um, where we talk about all things I PR. Mean, so yeah, Nikki knows her stuff. They've, I mean, they helped us get in the New York Times, Forbes, Entrepreneur. Yeah. Pretty it's crazy. Rad. It's rad. <laughs> it's rad. Um, so, okay. Not that this episode is about Nikki and how great she is. We're going to talk about you and how awesome Lil Bucks is. So before we like really get into it, tell our listeners, for those who don't know, like, what did you do before Little Bucks? How did you transition into a CPG business? Like, 
give us your, give us your 90 second story. Yeah. So I, like you said, I was living in Australia, working at a marketing agency before I started Little Bucks. That's where I got the idea for the brand and became obsessed with Sprouted Buckwheat when I saw it being used in cafes and in retail all across Australia. And so I got the idea for this brand while I was living in Australia, um, but had no idea how to like actually start a company or a food brand. So I, but I knew I wanted to come back um, to the U.S. because actually. I wanted to reunite with my now fiance <gasps> that I was dating. I didn't know there <laughs> yeah, we was just got a, engaged. <laughs> I well, I knew you got engaged, but I didn't know that there was a love story involved in the foundation of Little Bucks. Oh, That's cool. There actually was because uh, yeah, I met him four months before I moved to Australia. <gasps> moved there for a year. I was supposed to be there for three years, but um, after a year, I had the that. idea for Buckley. Yeah, so I was obsessed with yeah, love of Buckley and love of my fiance Chris brought me back to America. Um, so then I freelance did freelance digital marketing and graphic design, kind of lived the digital nomad life, worked mm-hmm. from Bali, Mexico, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Hawaii, like super amazing experience. Um, and all of this doing that on the side, designing the brand, learning from local, um, we're in Chicago. So I learned a lot from the hatchery when I was first starting to work on the brand. It's like a nonprofit in Chicago that's helping food and beverage businesses get off the ground. So I took classes with them and finally got the guts to finally launch a fitness festival, April 28th, 2018, uh, in 32 degrees and blistering (laughs) winds in Chicago. So that was fun. Yeah. And so two years later, you're, you hit your two year anniversary. Um, and gosh, so yeah, when, by the time you took retail ready, you were, you were already launched, you were back in Chicago and you were starting to see sales with, with little bucks. Um, can you, yeah. yeah, before, but before we get into that, um, if people have never heard of little bucks, tell me like what, what products you sell. Oh yeah. Good idea. We sell um, different, obviously, different products made from sprouted buckwheat. Our first product line is the Lil Buck Sprouted Buckwheat Crunch. They're in these fun blue bags uh, available in original cacao and matcha. And they're these crunchy super seeds people mostly use to add nutrition and crunch to smoothies, oatmeal, yogurt, toast, salads, anything like that. Um, And we'll get into this. They retail in Whole Foods Midwest in the granola section. Um, and our online presence is really big with Amazon and our website for sales yep. with that product line. And then our other product is Cluster Bucks, Adaptogenic Buckwheat Clusters, which are really fun. Right now we have chocolate reishi and turmeric lemon myrtle. Um, turmeric we actually get from Diaspora, which I think you know. Yeah, Donna another retail ready well, brand. Another. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, so gosh, cool. Those ones are. Oh, so... you made that connection, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You gave <laughs> me that idea. That was good. Yeah, it's and it's so delicious. I got to do your um, like sneak peek uh, taste panel yeah. for it. So so it's good. So yeah. good. Yeah, really. We delicious. get highest remarks on that flavor, and we're coming out with one more this fall. I'm excited. Really good. I'm excited yeah. for you. Okay, so you've got these two separate, two separate product lines, both under the same brand name. One is in the snack category. One is in the granola category. And when you, but when you joined Retail Ready, you only had little bucks. That was 
like the cluster buffs were coming. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So keep going. Yeah. I joined, I had, um, I had made the idea for cluster bucks and started to get traction with that pretty quickly. And I was like really confused on how to take my next steps <laughs> on moving the product, both product lines forward. Yeah. And that's when I met Kate from Tonic Bar. Yeah. Um, who was like such a hustler and she was like always posting about what you learned in your class and like really seemed so organized and focused on getting the next step. And I learned so much from her and her journey. And I was like, what is this? Alley ball stuff. I need to like look it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is this alley ball stuff? And then you join Retail Ready. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I watched like a ton of your videos. I was like all about the lead magnets, like yeah. anything. Uh, and finally, I was like, okay, I'm learning so much from this. And I just like how you present everything in a really organized, easy to digest way. And it was like music to my like creative, crazy brain that was all over the place with two product lines and no idea what I'm doing. And like, I was just all over the place. So it helped me a lot. <laughs> I find that a, a lot of people follow my, my free content for a long, long time before they take the leap into retail ready. And I'm always, I always want to like look people in the eye and be like, only gets better, right? Like once you join Retail Ready, that's oh when the gosh. magic happens. Like you can listen to the podcast all day long. Please do, right? Exactly. But like until you put the pedal to the metal and and actually implement within Retail Ready, like, you know, um, you're just listening to a podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, because then the key is like, you can listen and know so much about the industry, which I think I was doing for a while, like listening to all the podcasts, sure. talking to any entrepreneur who would take a coffee date with me, like learning that way. But then at some point you actually have to like apply strategies to your business, which involves doing some work and like having to do some homework assignments. And like yeah. a lot of times it's like, I don't feel like doing this whole deep dive on my target audience, but I know it's important. And I'm yeah. so glad I did. Cause now we still like use that kind Good. of persona we made from my target persona like worksheet yeah um, oh that makes me so and, happy like I still like will send that out when people are like who's like your target audience and I'm like oh I've got the most ridiculous specific person for you so <laughs> like let me introduce you to Jennifer. yeah yes I love this yeah <laughs> okay so let's let's get into it though let's let's stop talking about retail ready and and let's start talking about some of the challenges that you are thinking through right now. So the first one that you said you wanted to talk about was this idea of what, what category do you belong in? Like where, you know, maybe it's time to pivot categories. You want to, you want to talk about that a little bit and let's, let's get into it. Yeah. So I have an interesting product line and I think probably some early stage and retail ready students can relate because we're coming up with these new innovative things. Yep. And sometimes like with Sprouted Buckwheat, we're pretty much the first brand doing this and it could fit into a variety of categories. Like it's used the top smoothies, oatmeal, yogurt. So it's eaten like a granola, but it's also like a super seed, like chia seed or goji berries because it it's kind of something you top your smoothie bowl with. And I was so confused for the longest time on what to do. And I think that's like still something I think about is how to bring buckwheat to the consumer in yeah. a way that 
makes sense. And with cluster bucks, that was easy because we finally tagged that as a snack and that's going really well. But with little bucks, we launched that in the Whole Foods in the Midwest um, in the pandemic, which we got three weeks of demos in. So that was good (laughs) to at least get some like initial feedback and traction. But then, yeah, it's been crazy since the pandemic, like, you know, sometimes not in stock. Some stores are putting like had our matcha, little bucks and lentils. Oh, and no. like some have us in oatmeal because they're confused. And and then the consumer's going to be confused because you're going to cook the buckwheat and you don't need to cook the buckwheat. Um, so it's been like just a big struggle just to wrangle the stores again to put us in granola. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, I started thinking now that we're in this new age where your regular demos where we could like serve up little bucks on a spoon of yogurt, which worked really well Yep. to kind of get the customer to click with, Oh, this is, I eat yogurt. This is easy. I eat yeah. ice cream. Yeah. I can put it on, you know, yep. um, maybe, and people aren't spending as much time in the store. Yeah, so for sure. Granola could be something where it's like, I already know, like, I like Curly Elizabeth. I'm going to go get that and like run away and like keep going to get through this as fast as possible. Or they're ordering online and they just order what they've already eaten. Mm-hmm. Versus like the superfood shopper, they go to that section with an intention of buying the highest quality, you know, nutritional products. Yeah. And they're more open to like, oh, which one's the best? What is this? And yeah. so I thought about maybe like doing a pivot of Lil Bucks into that section, um, you know, it might make more sense there and be an easier sell than among a ton of granolas. Yeah. And I guess um, I, I've got some, I've yeah. got some questions here. So is yeah, the, it's like a big <laughs> yeah. problem. Is, <laughs> or a long is, question. <laughs> is the motivation to switch categories, where's the motivation to switch categories coming from? Is it coming from a, we want to be in a different category on paper. So when the buyer is assessing us in their, you know, category review and against other brands, like we want to, we want to switch from that standpoint or we want to switch categories because people aren't seeing us in the, on the granola shelf. Um, The primary so actually the primary motivation for like what made me think of this idea was the latter. Like we do really well in Whole Foods in Chicago, because that's where we're from. I've been doing events and um, demos at other stores and we've been on the ground here for two years. So yeah. it makes sense. But in places where people have never heard of us, like Lincoln, Nebraska, or um, yep. even, even like Indianapolis, um, it's really you know, hard to get people to just magically see us and pick us over the granola that they're always used to using without being able to demo. Um, so we rely on like our digital education now, but that might still be a challenge. So yep. for going to superfoods, we might be more likely to get naturally discovered without yep. Yep. Um, all the demos. But then the last, the other point you mentioned, I thought it could be interesting I learned this term recently on like crafting the sell story and being able to say something like this product will bring you incremental sales Yeah, uh, because you don't offer anything with sprouted buckwheat. So it's an easier yes 
in superfoods because you have chia seeds, hemp seeds, flax seeds, yep. but you don't have buckwheat seeds and yep. you need them. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. I thought that maybe that would be easier. It's, so it, this is something I've been thinking about. Yeah, because at the at the end of the day, when you know this, when the buyer is looking at their sales they look at it by category, right? And so mm-hmm. if you are in the granola category, they are literally looking at your sales versus <laughs> purely Elizabeth versus, you know, any other cat any other granola in in that on the shelf. Yeah. If, if they're looking Which can at- be really cheap too. Yeah. And that's also like hard because I'm like competing against the Whole Foods 365 yep. mm-hmm. organic granola yeah, like a yep. 350. Yep, exactly. You know, like, and I always mm-hmm. I always like to remind people that when you are, you know, when, when you're competing against other brands in your category, you don't have to be the best selling product in the category. You just can't be the worst, right? <laughs> like you just yeah. like, can't be in that like lowest, lowest spot. And so I think one of the things that we have to think about is if you move to the superfood category, how, well, one, how are you going to convince buyers to like essentially re-tag you in their point of sale where you are now like tagged mm-hmm. in the superfood category, if they even have a superfood category, right? Um, versus tagging you in the granola category, granola cereal category. And then what would your sales look like compared to other superfood items, right? What are you bringing to that category? Are you bringing sales? Are you bringing margin? Are you bringing velocity? Like what is what does that look like? Yeah. Um, and so I think I think it I don't think there's necessarily a wrong or right answer here, which is kind of annoying to to, to conclude with um, on this question. But like I think Emily, you've got to figure out two things: like which category on paper is going to look better for you, um, and then also like where your audience yeah. is, where your audience expects to find you. And so I guess, you know, we started this conversation saying that you did do a lot of deep target audience work. If you think back at your target audience, you know, where, yeah. where did, where did they find you on the shelf? Like, where would they look for you? I, I think I like did more on how do you eat it? And people said like a granola. So I'm like, okay, so we're a granola. Mm, but yep. now I'm like, I kind of want to ask, where do you suspect to find us that's a great um, and people might say great, granola yeah it's a great question to ask your audience especially you know I get, one of the things that I think about too is like what other products are they using it with right so yeah. if they are crafting these gorgeous smoothie bowls that also have you know chia seeds and you know spirulina in it like it would yeah. be natural that you would be on the shelf right there. Yeah. And like something interesting I've seen is, I mean, it's used to as a superfood crunch to all these uh, smoothies and yogurts. And sometimes people make their own granola out of it or like pair it with purely Elizabeth. That's just the one hmm. that we see the most. Yep. And so you're like, that's interesting. They look at it kind of as, it's used in the same way as granola because it's topped in all the same things and it adds that crunch versus like chia and hemp right. and flax don't right. add anything really. They just add nutrition. Yep. Uh, so that's like kind of where I'll get confused. I'm like, well, we're better because we have this crunch, but we're like nutritionally the same as these superfoods. 
but we're not really gonna. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I do think my that there, age old question. Yeah, I do think that there is something that's intriguing me about putting you in the superfood category, um, and like doubling down as an ingredient rather than of yeah. uh, rather than just granola. Because then I can just educate on like you need sprouted buckwheat in your life if you like superfoods. Yeah, this is one. Welcome to the club. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not I like, be like, oh well, it's like a granola, and you, it has all these benefits, and you use it like that. And it's just like, well, let's and let's think about it. And let's let's <laughs> think about it from this perspective too. Okay, so do you remember what the name of your target audience person is? Off the top um, of your head. It was Taylor. Taylor. Was Taylor. Okay. Taylor. <laughs> okay. And so, my friend. Perfect. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you're pitching to Taylor or whatever. And she's like, well, I already have a granola that I love. I already, I already have my favorite brand. I love them for all these reasons. Like I don't need little bucks in my life because I already have a granola. However, if you tell Taylor that it is a superfood like her favorite chia seed, then all of a sudden Taylor starts using it as a topper, right? Or like as a, I don't know what the official like smoothie, smoothie word is, um, but like as a topper, perhaps already in addition to her favorite granola brand. And it's just an, it's an add on rather than, um, rather than yeah. an, an whatever, you know, a, a standalone thing. I like that a lot because it's like also trying to think about like with this unique ingredient and products I'm bringing and in our sales story to buyers being like our products will bring you incremental sales in your category Mm -hmm. and to the consumer. It's like, this is incremental benefits. Like, yes, it only gets better from adding sprouted buckwheat. I don't care what you're eating it with. It's just going to be better because, you have sprouted buckwheat and the story. <laughs> yeah. And I think that there's something there too. Then like with the buyers, you can talk about increasing back basket average and that like, you know, so then you're not like, Oh, you need me in your granola category. It's like, you need me in your superfood category. Look, you have no buckwheat. You have no sprouted buckwheat on the shelf here. Like you don't have to then argue that you, your granola is better than the other granolas on the shelf. You have to argue that they are missing out on a key skew in their assortment because they simply don't have buckwheat on their shelf at all. Yeah. Mm. So I'm really liking that. And even like we're pitching the sprouts and I know they have like a raw superfood section. So that's great. That's a really easy fit for us. That's actually what got me thinking about it because I was like, hmm, we're having a hard time in granola and whole foods what if we start and like, I'm thinking about doing superfoods raw with sprouts. So maybe it makes sense to pitch us that way. The one thing and I would love to get your thoughts on even cause I'm leaning towards um, maybe turning this into a superfood story. Cause yeah. that is what it is. And of course, yeah. in hindsight, it seems super obvious, but always it's is. been it's two years of me lamenting about this. <laughs> <laughs> But then, like, for example, we're in Berkeley Bowl in uh, California near you. Yep. And it's a great account. Like, we did kind of, like, followed your – I actually really followed your retail-ready, like, map to getting in that store. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. kept following up. 
had all the emails drafted and finally got in. Uh, we did demos. We're really supportive at the start, did a promotion. And now we just have, because I think we did that, we have consistent fans of our product there. So it just moves and we yep. don't have to really do anything. Yep. Um, but now I'm like, do we move it from stores like that where people are used to buying it in granola or just like let that be. And then for future stores, like new whole foods or sprouts launches. Oh, or this is a good whatever. question. This is a good question. Yeah. So I'm half of me is of the, like, if it isn't broke, <laughs> like if it isn't broken, don't fix it. Right. So like if you are having yeah. steady sales, we'll just use Berkeley bowl as an example, right? Um, if you're having steady yeah. sales in Berkeley bowl, it is, it's risky to try to, to ask that buyer to move, fix it, it. to move it. Right. And then like the challenge becomes like you move it. And then all the loyal fans who, especially like during COVID are like in and out, they're like, Oh, it's no longer on the third shelf yeah. on the left. They, they must not carry like, it. Okay. Anymore. I guess it's gone. It's gone. Right. <laughs> However, that would be so sad. It would be. And then you would get, I know what's going to happen, right? You're going to get all these DMS. It's like, Wah, wah, can't find it at Berkeley Bowl. And you're like, it's there. It's just an aisle 10. Um, so one of the things that you could try is with your existing accounts that are already selling well, you could say, hey, you know, XYZ buyer, we are doing a push to promote ourselves as as a superfood. Would you be willing to cross merchandise us in your superfood <sighs> category? And then that would be money. Right. And right. And then you just like, I mean, it's like, I like, I say it like, it's so easy. Like the buyer's just going to say, yes, you know, that's, that's not necessarily true. Um, we could definitely talk about strategy on how to like, you know, get them to say yes on that. But if you could have some cross cross merchandising options, um, that might be the way to go instead of just pulling from the granola category altogether. And then I think what's cool too, Emily, is over time you, you can track your sales, right? And you, you'll know which stores are selling you out of superfood section, the superfood section and which are the granola, Mm -hmm. which still are the granola section. And then you just analyze the data, right? And, you know, let's say Mm -hmm. six months later, we're having this conversation and you're like, oh, well, F that, like that was, (laughs) that was some bad advice. Superfood sales have tanked our, our velocity, then we switch back to, you know, switch back to, to the granola category again, easier said than done. And we don't want that to happen, but like it, you know, it's important to, to make a change and then look at the data rather than just, you know, change it and then assume it's all good forever and ever. Yeah. And I think that would be like, even just showing our customers that we're thinking about it we're trying to get them more sales and like even though we're already selling well at berkeley bowl like we're wanting to get you more sales by yeah and we think you should add it to the superfood category as well and if they don't whatever we're still selling there right and then (laughs) exactly you know and and you know you might craft that pitch to the buyer in a way where you know you tell them your hesitation for just moving it entirely Right. So you say like, you know, what we what yeah. we don't want right now is just to move categories because we're, you know, we're so grateful for the loyal fan base that we've built up, you know, things are selling well. We're, you know, anxious that if we did move entirely, you know, this would be, <laughs> would be challenging, um, for, for your shoppers. So let's, you know, we're hoping you'd be interested in cross merchandising for now. And then we can always look at the data and assess, you know, where it's selling best. Gosh. 
That would be really interesting for you to get Whole Foods to do that. That would be... <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll be like, okay, give us $10,000 and we will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. I, so do you feel good? Like, do you have some next steps Yeah, here? I feel okay. really good about that. Um, I feel really good about it. Um, I think there's definitely an opportunity in superfoods and it's an easier sell. Um, and even in how we think about selling and marketing online, like, well, I've got some I, more keywords. I've got ideas oh, yeah. on that too. Yeah. Um, let's Emily, let's, let's actually pause here for our break. I think this would be a good time to catch our breath and then come back and start, and start talking about marketing. How does that sound? Sounds like a plan. All right. We'll be right back. If you've been enjoying these episodes, imagine what it would be like to ask clarifying questions directly to me and have my assistants working through your strategy on these topics. Well, you can. My Retail Ready students have access to me live in our private online group and on our monthly coaching calls, and I'd love to see you in there as well. Retail Ready enrollment opens again really soon and kicks off with my free masterclass on the three steps to growing your packaged food business. I have that linked here in the show notes, and I can't wait for you to join to learn more about me and how I work with clients, to find out whether Retail Ready is the right fit for you, and to learn my three steps to growing your packaged food biz. Come join me via the link in the show notes, and I'll see you there. Okay, Emily, we're back, and I want to talk about marketing as, and I know that you had some questions around marketing, but I just, I got to get something off my chest that I've been thinking about, you know, for the past 20 minutes that what is, what's cool (laughs) about pivoting to a superfood is that it provides so many opportunities for you to then create these marketing strategies with other brands that promote you as an ingredient right? And so then like, let's just say, you know, we've used purely Elizabeth, you know, a few times as an example here, but like, let's say we, we get purely Elizabeth on board as recognizing you as this like awesome topper. I've got to have like a better word than that, but like this awesome, like, you know, supplemental thing that they then, you know, start promoting because you are no longer seen as as competition. You are now seen as, as a resource for each other, um, in, you know, in, in the health, in the health space. Right. Um, my eye. Yeah. I love that. Right. Like I just, I feel like there's something there about like, you know, moving away from competition. And again, you know, like, not that I feel like brands are pitted against each other, but, finding a way to be more collaborative with granola and cereal and breakfast brands in a way that wasn't open to you before. That's so interesting. Yeah. I think that is a great idea. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, we're the only buckwheat brand really. So we can partner with anything that's healthy. Yeah. Previously, (laughs) if you were like, Hey Elizabeth, wanna wanna promote my exactly. my, my little buck? She'll be like, no, of course not. Like, why would I do that? Because you know, it's it's either you or me in that shopper's baskets. But I think switching the messaging and being like you and me in the basket is a win. Um, I think there's something there, and then I also see this now. Like my brain is you know taking off here. I I see this future where then you become 
you're selling like food service style or like bulk to other mm-hmm. other brands and other you know other channels who are then using your food using little bucks as an ingredient in their own products which would be would be really cool exactly like diaspora <laughs> yes exactly right yeah why don't you, <laughs> you you're gonna like end this phone call and go pitch to uh purely elizabeth and be in their next next uh product line i would love yeah that. we actually have been uh, that's part of our plan too with little bucks is definitely expanding on the um food service side of things because yep. how i discovered buckwheat was on a acai bowl in australia yeah um and i think we're in a few smoothie and salad shops here in chicago and people are like oh i had buckwheat on the salad and now there's this product that's you know, you sell them like, yeah, that was our buckwheat too. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, as we, I, I hope we're, I like thinking about our listeners, like listen to us talk in circles about this, but like, as I, as I come back to it, I'm like, when you position yourself as an ingredient rather than, yeah. the, rather than the granola itself, it really opens up doors at those food service accounts who are like, well, no thanks. Like we already have our longstanding relationship with our local granola company. Like, thanks, but no thanks. We don't need you. You can then be like, oh, but you do because we're a, you know, a supplement. We're yeah. A, you know, well, and exactly like I've even hesitated to reach out to places that they make their own granola. Cause I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to like, you know, yeah. like they want to make their own house-made granola. That's really lovely. Um, yeah. But I'm probably not going to like your smoothies as much because there's no buckwheat crunch on there. Exactly. Um, so now this totally reframes everything in my mind. I did have someone tell me recently, like, you should really think about positioning your company as this ingredient company and working from there. Mm-hmm. And we're really having epiphanies right now. Of course, I've made this so much harder for myself the past two years. That's you know what, what I though? Do. I, <laughs> I, I think it's so... I'm glad we're having this, this conversation publicly because I think it's so easy yeah. for us to look at other businesses and be like, oh, they, they just like did the right thing from the beginning and they figured it out and they did it and like look at them look at them go. And I will tell you, like, mm-hmm. even, you know, with my retail ready students, with myself, like I have made so many wrong moves in my business, but of course I don't like, those aren't the things you see <laughs> when you like go yeah. on my website. So I don't know. I wouldn't, I, I don't think that. I always try to remember that like yeah. comparison game is, you know, you see like, that really cool brand that's all of a sudden everywhere yep. and they have so many Instagram followers and like everyone loves them. And it's like, you can not, you cannot do that. Like you can't, you, you can't. Can, yeah. Gosh, I was just coaching somebody on this in retail ready. And they're like, well, it was, it was the Instagram thing too. It was like, the, you know, I could just see them blowing up on Instagram and they've yeah, same. So many followers. I'm like, yeah, but we don't even know if they're profitable. Like we have no idea yeah. like what is going on behind their business doors. Like they're, you know, 3000 comments means mean like absolutely nothing. So yeah. Anyways, um, Emily, I just, I just say that. So, you know, to remind you that the, it's okay. (laughs) It's okay that you have positioned yourself as a granola company. That's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, there are still going to be stores, even if you and I, like (laughs) Ellie and Emily put a stake in the ground and we decide like little bucks is now a superfood company there's still going to be stores that put you in the granola category. Like that's just going to happen. So. Yeah. I mean, we're like some little bucks bags are still sitting in lentils 
somewhere in <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska now. So working on that migration. I, I love it. I'm like, okay. guys, come on. Yeah, God. I mean, I can see how that would happen though. You know, I, I yeah. see, um, especially in pandemic, like these stalkers are working their butts off. And I mean, just like throwing yeah, products that's one on the thing. shelves. Yeah. Yeah. We were like waiting a while because we didn't want to stress anyone out when it's like the most unprecedented these unprecedented times exactly for grocery exactly um, Gosh. but then after a while we're like hey you know we're definitely not lentils so um if you can well, yeah, us, you think great. about the, the shopper experience too right like if someone's looking to buy yeah. a bag of lentils and they well that's happened yeah and they open up little bucks they're going to be disappointed and of course they're going to go back to the store and the store is going to like you know take the complaint so it's just yeah. you're just looking out for everybody Okay. Exactly. I know we just spent a lot of time talking about which category you're in and I want to make sure that we address, you know, anything else that you're thinking about right now. I know we said maybe we would talk about like not doing demos and some marketing. Like, is there anything else you want to talk about since, since you have me on the podcast? Yeah. I mean, I'd love to, I love the idea of, um, all the marketing opportunities we can yeah. do with positioning us as a superfood. Um, yeah. And I'm already like being the digital marketer that I am. I'm like, all oh, these graphics we can do is <laughs> always yes. go to that. But yes. um, <laughs> I would yeah. love to hear like some, or even like things you've heard from your students or uh, you think would be good ideas. Cause you always like, even when we were able to get lunch when that was a thing like mm-hmm. a year ago when you told me um, to check out sound and turmeric. Um, like you just have random ideas like that are so good. Like you should get <laughs> custom box cutters because yes. nobody does that and everyone uses them in the back room. Like, Have you done that yet? Um, I looked into it. I was did so much research and they ended up being kind of expensive. So mm. I was like, and I was a little ra- like trying to raise a little bit of family friends money. And, yeah. and they were like, I was like, I'm just going to put this on hold. They're like, Emily, we are not investing $5,000 in box cutters. Yeah. Box cutters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was like, I'm going to put that on hold, but it's something I would love to do. So I think yeah. that's genius. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just any like non, um, I was all about doing demos, built this great brand ambassador program. Yep. Um, I know you did. Yeah. And we did pivot some of them to being recipe developers or um, some of them have done like a couple events, but it's just not, you know, what we yeah, were planning it's, it's, on doing. I know. Um, I, I know you were planning you on know, doing like nothing, hundreds and hundreds of demos. So like, yeah, like living off doing demos. Yes. And so we've done um, one idea we're working on doing. Um, with Sacred Serve, an ice cream brand in Chicago, mm-hmm. yeah. is uh, we're both in Whole Foods. They're just in like the Illinois ones, but we're going to do it locally and just see how it goes. So we got these coupons, um, IRCs mm-hmm. printed that we'll put on our bags. And so each of them, we're cross promoting our brands in the store. So we're going to go into the store and just stick our coupons on the bag. So right. I'm going to put Sacred Serve a dollar off coupons on Lil Buck and they're going to put a dollar off Lil Buck's coupon on the Sacred awesome. Serve and say mm-hmm. like, go to the granola aisle or lentils, and <laughs> get the Lil Bucks. And we're going to see if, you know, that drives, like we could pick up some of their customers and vice yeah. versa. Yep. yep. Um, but yeah, if you've heard of any other ideas on, yeah, you know, 
marketing in the new age. Yeah. Okay. So or got, if it's like, yeah, yeah. Go I've, ahead, got, go I've got a couple, I, I've got a couple ideas on this. And I think the, the biggest, the biggest one to remember is that the grocery industry is stale, right? Like it in, in general, mm-hmm. I mean, I say this in the nicest way, right? Cause like we are both in grocery industry, but like in general, like we're a little bit behind the times in terms of marketing and innovative strategies here. So I think it is important to remember too, Emily, that like some of the, like some things that might seem a little bit sleepy to you or like a little old school, like a coupon, um, still holds weight in grocery and still feels, mm-hmm. um, still feels, can feel like fun and exciting for like old school grocery buyers or like old school marketing teams. Right. So I think I, I, mm-hmm. I say that like to, remind you that we don't have to completely reinvent the wheel here. And sometimes, sometimes an idea that feels like too far out for a store is it's too challenging for them to wrap their head around. Right. Like if you were like, Hey, I want to do an IG takeover (laughs) for your grocery account and I'm going to like teach your audience how to do smoothie bowls like that may or may not fly depending on who they have as their head of marketing. Right. So I think you just remember that some of the stuff that you can naturally do like with your online sales or with, you know, your online influencer community, like is, is still like a little too progressive for a Midwestern grocery chain. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's actually exactly what I was going to ask you too, was like, you know, any ideas you have, but then like, I know part of me is like, I want to demonstrate that we're thinking and still trying to, you know, make shopping interesting and drive sales for new products, which obviously the buyers want, but I don't want to like overwhelm them with like, because it's just been like insane this year with, yeah. <laughs> what they've had on their plate. So I don't yes. want them to be like, oh my gosh, you're so annoying. But like, yeah. go away with your ideas. But I think, <laughs> yeah, take your ideas and go away. Um, I think it's important to remember yeah. too, that like marketing departments and you come from a marketing background, right? Like marketing departments mm-hmm. are always looking for content, right? They need, they need content for their audiences. And so when you present an idea to them, um, as long as it is well thought out and it's really easy for the marketer to say yes and execute, like it's okay to present ideas, right? I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen yeah. if they say no? And like, then you're like make it turnkey. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know this from all the giveaways that you do and things like that. Like if, if a collaborator comes to you and is like, Hey, I was thinking of doing this thing, but like, can you help me sort out the details? Like, no, I don't have time to help you (laughs) sort out the details. But if you come to me and you present like this one pager on how we're going to execute this, and it reassures me that you are going to do, frankly, like all of the execution, I'm much more likely to say yes. So yeah, one thing that you could do, Emily, like as you are pitching, it would be interesting to think about like if you're going to pitch the marketing department or if you're going to pitch the grocery buyer, um, and thinking like, you know, obviously who do you have contacts for and how do you get a hold of them? But you might end up doing a, a pitch that's like three ideas, right? That's like, you know, we could do a coupon, we could do an in, we could do an outside of the store, like 
sample handout, you know, we can talk more about that, like, you know, in place of a demo, or we could do a digital marketing strategy, like, uh, I don't know, an IG takeover for the day. Um, like which one is most appealing to your audience, right? And you just do like little bullet points and you could like attach a one pager on for each of those ideas and let the individual store figure out which is best for them or like which they have the capacity to help you with. Yeah. Um, I like like that you know, like make it, make it really easy for them to say yes. The other thing, and I know you're good at this is, is realizing that if you're trying to get a hold of the marketing departments, like you can send them a DM, right? Like DM your local <laughs> Whole Foods store. Yeah. And most likely it's going to be like, you know, I'm just going to stereotype here, but it's going to be like a woman in her thirties who is like, Oh, awesome. Like I needed something for my feed next week. Yes, please send me your branded graphics and let's do it. Um, I think it depends. Yeah. It's like, doesn't have to be like corporate and difficult. Right. Exactly. You know, and of course it depends on store to store. Like if you're like, Hey, walmart.com, like, can can you give me the password to your Instagram account? They're going to be like, uh, no, no, I cannot do that. But if it's, you know, uh, local chain of three stores, you might inspire them to have some ideas about like a whole new marketing campaign, which is cool. Um, Okay. But I've got a couple other things I want to say, like on the more traditional scope of things. Mm -hmm. One, I know that we aren't doing traditional demos right now, but I, I don't think, I don't think that we should totally get rid of the idea of sampling. Right. So thinking about what is that individual pre-portioned serving that your demo reps can still hand out. Cause you, I mean, you even, have, I know you've got, I don't know, is it three ounces, right? You've got like a little one. We have a, like, yeah. We have a single serve of little bucks. I think we need to get them up cluster bucks too. Totally. But so, you know what it's actually, Emily, you wouldn't have, I don't think you would have seen this in retail ready, but one of the things that we were recently talking about was like, what does the packaging have to look like in or what should it, what should it look like when it's in the, in like a, a sample situation? Right. And I think that there is something that's appealing about it being a less, um, I don't want to say less dialed in, but like less, um, like not a packaging that looks like it would sell off the retail shelf because you want that person to eat it pretty soon, right? You don't want them to take it home and have it sit in their pantry. You want it to be in like, I don't know, like a clear like cello bag or a wax bag or something with a sticker on it that's like, eat me right now. <laughs> so they are eating yeah, it like, that's a good point. you know, as they're walking to their car or something. You know, obviously you would still want it branded and having your contact info and all of that stuff. But like you might, um, you might play around with the idea of like, what sort of sampling can you do in the pre-packed, you know, in pre-portioned serving size that you are either coordinating with the store itself and doing in-store or frankly, your demo reps are just like, you know, guerrilla style doing it outside of the stores for shoppers that are walking back to the parking lot. Which I love. I can just see myself in like the air one parking lot in Los Angeles getting like shooed away. (laughs) I can see you doing that (laughs) By their valet parkers. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) But I mean, (laughs) you know, so I do, I do think about that, especially as I know you spent a lot of energy building up your, your demo team and, um, thinking about, you know, how you can still use them in a way that like, isn't so far off of a traditional demo. Yeah. 
I like I even, that. I even picture like, <laughs> now like we're getting in the weeds here, but like I picture someone even in the parking lot and literally like tossing your tiny bag of granola from six feet away and being like, hey, can like I toss you a sample of our sprouted buckwheat? And so you I like you make it like really <laughs> fun and you make it safe and like, you know, it's not like come over here and I'm going to like make you a little tiny ice cream sundae. <laughs> you know, it's really like, hey, like yeah. I'm like literally, I'm like, it's almost like you're, you know, like when you go to previously when you would go to sports games and they like fling the t-shirts and stuff. <laughs> I'm like, how can you like fling buckwheat at, at these people in a parking lot? Oh my gosh. I really like that idea. <laughs> I think that's going to happen. I'm like already like vision, have visions of like any store life. I'm just going to like go and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like I know, in front of the store until they tell me to leave. Exactly. I know my buyers <laughs> listening to this uh, are like, Allie, stop, stop giving away this advice. But I do think that there is something, you know, there's some, I think there's something important about realizing that, like, okay, so we can't do our demos in this traditional capacity. What is the like closest thing? What is the end goal? The end goal is to like get spread of buckwheat in people's mouths. How can we get to that end goal in a in a way that's not totally different or not like completely different than what we had planned? And like you said too, like even if we launch into like a smaller chain and like the people that manage each store aren't the corporation. Yes. So I think there could be a little more flexibility and don't ask for permission, but beg for forgiveness. But even like going to a local store and yep. be like, Hey, can I stand outside and give out samples? And you yep. might get someone cool. That's like, yeah, I don't care. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you ask, you ask a cashier who's like, I don't give a shit. Like it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Go away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, okay. Crazy lady with a slingshot, like go away. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> I also think, um, gosh, where was I going with this train of thought? Um, hmm, something about demos. Oh yeah. One idea that I have too is if you are starting to do more collaborations as an ingredient, thinking about the other places in the store where people might look for you. So like I even picture, um, like a cling of, or like not a cling, like a decal, but a cling, like a clinger shelf that that literally like suction cups to the outside of the, you know, yogurt case or the outside of the freezer door. And then, you know, you line them with your little like individual serving ones and you've got some really cute shelf talkers, you know, again, like this is hard in corporate, but like, if you're, if you're really pushing the independence, you can again, say to the buyer, when we cross, when we cross merchandise here, you know, we really see the basket average increase. We see these like um, incremental sales because we're, you know, we're introducing to as an ingredient in this other category, which is cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, I, know, that- I actually, I remember one time I begged like a local shop to, I was like, here's a clip strip, just put yeah. it by your yogurt. Yeah. Like that would be perfect. And they didn't go for it, but I'm sure. <laughs> Exactly. I, I, again. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, <laughs> I had one lady, um, gosh, she, actually I, she's a retail ready student. Um, and she would go into her stores and I do not recommend this. Like I scolded her so hard for doing this, but she would literally go into <laughs> stores and she would just move her product up on the shelves. And like, <laughs> she would take it from, you know, the bottom shelf where it was. And she would just re-merchandise her section and put her 
I'm not going to say the category, put her XYZ products more at eye level. And, and she was like, what? Like why, like, why can't I do that? And I was like, oh my God, that is the fastest way to piss off a grocery buyer. Like, please do not do that. But heck, like, yeah, exactly. Like it, it definitely worked for her to like capture some sales at the beginning. So I do think Emily, like it goes back to that, to your idea of, uh, don't ask permission, but beg for forgiveness. If you go a little bit rogue and, um, start putting up your own, uh, fridge, fridge clings and stuff. That would be hilarious. Do you know? I think that? actually the Spank founder did that. Like Sarah, the, Sarah Blakely. In her, yeah, and how I built it. I'm pretty sure she would like to bring her stuff to like the front and just like <laughs> I love it. Make her do her own merchandising at Lord Jamin. Oh my god, that was like a big part of their growth. So yes. I feel like people. So I think I listened to that. And was like, ha, I'm gonna do that. But then when I went to Whole Foods, I was like, I don't want to like move their tags. And yeah. Things. And I think, I mean, I, I respect you for that. Right. Cause like, again, I'm just going to say like, you know, when I was a grocery buyer, if you came in and like re-merchandise my shelf, I would be livid and I would be one step closer to discontinuing you. Right. So like, yeah, that would be not what you want. No. So you got to like, think about it like practically, but, um, yeah, there was, gosh, there, Oh yes. I wanted to make sure you knew. So my favorite resource for buying stuff like that is Hubert. Um, and I'll put that Hubert. Yes. H U B E R T dot com. Um, they are I've really, they're really awesome for anything like a clip strip or a, like a wobble thing or a shelf tucker holder, or like any sort of weird grocery accessory <laughs> that, that oh. you don't know where else to buy. Um, Hubert is the place to do it. And I will tell you, Emily, their catalog is so overwhelming. It's got like, you know, tens of thousands of little like plastic clips and stuff, but their customer service is awesome. So all you have to do is like chat them, their online chat and be like, Hey, I'm looking for some clear acrylic thing to stick on a shelf. And they'll, they'll present you with like 10 options. Wow. That sounds awesome. Yeah. They're great. That's Uh, probably like it's a juices flowing too. I'm like, what we Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Watch out. It's like, (laughs) it's a, it's a, you can definitely go down the like merchandising rabbit hole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's fun. Emily. We covered a lot today. I'm yeah. I'm excited. Major progress. This is I'm so excited. Helpful. Oh, I love, I love, love, love getting you know the chance to reconnect with people who have you know worked through retail ready and you know move on to the next challenge in their business. So I'm so grateful that that um, you gave me this opportunity to catch up with you. This is this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. For me. Yeah, this is so fun. It reminds me. I mean, I learned so much from retail ready, and I think it was interesting because I took the class, went out, launched the Whole Foods, launched a new product line, did all this stuff, and then now I have some data around like how things are going and in the world's upside down. So we need to, you know, everyone's pivoting. Um, so it's kind of good to come back to like some of these tenants of retail yeah. ready and be like thinking about it again. And yeah. this is really helpful. Uh, oh my and I feel good pleasure. I feel good about good. it good good I mean I feel like we need to promise our listeners well I won't I won't make you promise on air but you know we can check back in in like six months and get a little little sound bite of of what you decided to do and where you are that would be fun for me yes I would love to do that it'll be okay. um, yeah like six months from now like who knows what will yeah. happen <laughs> exactly we'll be in some other like crazy stage of of pandemic hopefully not yeah yeah okay. fingers crossed
Emily, so where, where can people find you? I, I want to, at the very least, I want to send people to your website because it is just beautiful. And I think it's such a great example of having a really fun, you know, captivating website. Um, but where, where can people keep in Thank touch you. with you? Um, but definitely the website, love, littlebuck.com, L-O-V-E-L-I-L-B-U-C-K-S. And Instagram's at lovelittlebuck, um, which I'm pretty active on there. So I talk with a lot of brands on Instagram. And then actually we have a lot of fun with my weekly newsletter, which oh, yeah. is accidentally bi-weekly the past month, but we're going back to weekly, the weekly crunch. So you can sign up on the website, get a discount. And I like, I'm pretty candid about sharing stuff about the journey and new products and recipes and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So the weekly, to like, the weekly crunch is yeah, great. I, I, love it. I read it every time it lands in my inbox. I, I think you've, oh. you know, you've done a really great job of, I don't know, can, capturing your brand voice in, in really fun emails. So I definitely recommend that our listeners sign up for that as well. Okay. Yeah. Emily, thank you for being on here. Thank you for, thank you for sharing so much so candidly with my listeners. And I'm just so of excited course. to continue to watch your growth here and see, see what happens next. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was fun. My pleasure. Okay. And thank you to my listeners. Of course, thank you for listening to today's show. I want to know what what did you learn from my conversation with Emily? I want to continue the conversation as always in our Food Biz Whiz Facebook group. So come and join us. Find it linked in today's show notes along with all of the other things we talked about. Um, Emily's contact information, I'll drop that Hubert reference in there, my podcast with Nikki of NAC PR. And you can find that again in the show notes or at foodbizwiz.com. Until next week, I hope you have a good one and stay busy. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Whiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.